All right, what's going on, everybody? My name is Isaac Mihangos. I'm a photographer and web video producer, and we're back with another podcast. Today is April 15th, end of day, and we're just going to jump right into the news for some more quarantine content. We're going to be covering iPhone SE. Of course, we have to, um, it's probably the biggest news, the biggest tech news today, um, and Airbnb gives gets 1 billion uh, amid the coronavirus um, and I think it's just really interesting to see the dynamic of it uh, you know like that's that's a lot of money I I, I mean a billion that was an end I mean a billion with yeah of course billion has an end and um, photographer documents neighbors isolation from his bedroom window uh, I think I just love the photos, and I just love to talk about them. So we're going to go over that. But first, let's talk about the, the iPhone SE. And, of course, make sure to check out my YouTube. Um, I've been thinking about making, like, a Twitter thread for my podcast. Would that help with SEO? Let me know. Um, but, yeah, let's get started. I'm just going to read to you the specs of the iPhone SE. I don't know if I should call it SE2. That way, there's, it clears up the confusion. Um, so let's start off with what it is. It is a you know more affordable phone. Uh, the price tag will be at three ninety nine, probably like four twenty. You know the the good old four twenty. I, I always do this. I always accidentally leave my water bottle way too far. Oh, it's right there. So what what's gonna be happening here is. It's the most affordable iPhone out of all of them. It's going to have durable glass and an aluminum design. It's going to have a 4.7 retina display, of course. you got to put that word retina in there. It's going to have the A13 chip. Uh, it's going to come with portrait mode, depth control. It's going to shoot 4K video. Touch ID is back, which is really great. Um... It's supposed to be able to survive, you know, one meter of water up to 30 minutes, I believe. Yeah, 30 minutes. Uh, it's going to have an incredible 13 hours of battery life. It's going to bring back that haptic touch. Um, if you're like one of the five people that uses True Tone, it's going to bring that back. Wi-Fi. Um, and I was, when I was scrolling through this, I found that's really hilarious. It's like, why you should switch from your Android? Uh, so just a little, you know... Tongue-in-cheek there from Apple. That was really funny, though. Um, and if you read at the very bottom in very small print, <sighs> Apple is not going to include that 18 watt, 18 watts wireless charger. It's not. It's it's not doing it. it, it it's oh my god. Like, why not? Like, oh, we were so close to perfection, but Apple being Apple, um, and it'll work with you know the the former AirPods. Um, which is really great, you know, like, I don't remember if the former iPhone SE had the support for AirPods. So I think this is, let's start off with the price. And, uh, I kind of wanted to talk about the price and sort of the interesting dynamic that iPhone, that, you know, Apple and OnePlus is in because OnePlus was released yesterday. I'm pretty sure if you were anywhere on YouTube or anywhere in the tech space, you saw it, you know, OnePlus going for that flagship name, going for that $900, 
Yes, that is 900 with a nice crispy 9 in the front of two zeros. Um, is bringing in that phone. And here we have Apple bringing a 399 phone. 420 probably. I'm just going to call it a 420 phone because taxes, depending where you live, but you know, we're in California, so 420 is a good name, good, uh, good number. Um, <clears throat> because I remember a few years back, and I think I'm definitely going to be making a video about this, that Apple was releasing their first $1,000 phone and everyone was losing their mind. And then we had OnePlus, you know, they were starting up. I think they were on their second gen. Um, this is a podcast, so I get, I'm only one person, guys. Um, I think they were at that stage where it was like, you know, it's it's a $400 phone. It's the best budget phone out there. And then Apple here, $1,000 with four, four numbers. But now it's over time, you see how their business models have switched. You know, OnePlus. Gotta gotta give it to them. They built something incredible. They've been a they built a such a unique following. You know, that there's the people that bought it at three ninety nine and gradually upgraded because OnePlus always feels like they're just listening to the audience in every way, shape, and form, and they're always cutting the corners in the right places. But now with the proper following, they are <clears throat> able to build this incredible phone, which has been getting really great reviews beautiful design and with a better camera right and here we have iphone uh, iphone apple covering all their ranges from 399 to 1200 and apple now covered their entire range and it's a beautiful phone of course it's going to have probably the best camera and the the thing that interests me the most is you know like the people that use it the fan base and I'm going to be straight up here. I think that this phone is definitely for the parents, you know, for the grandparents, parents that don't <laughs> that don't understand how to use an Android. Like you try to explain like Skype to them or like um Facebook chat or like I think it's mainly that like FaceTime is so easy and like you don't have to make an account it's already tied to your Apple account. But I, I, I think that's the big takeaway. I think parents love freaking FaceTime. It's it's hilarious, right? I think this will be the best selling iPhone because of its price, because of the beautiful display. Um, when it comes to the size, good size, good choice. I think there's still a big market out there for like the smaller form factor phones, like the iPhone SE, because I think there's. Like the iPhone XR feels pretty good in the hands. It's medium size, but you know sometimes for me it's like hmm, I wish it was just smaller, right? Like there was that there was that trend. Everybody wanted to make the smallest phone possible. Then we went back. So now is this going to be starting a new trend where the phone goes back to being smaller? We'll see. But I, I like the choice. I like the size. Um, I think the size of the screen looks better. But I thought they were going to make it just thin and small like the original SE. So, I, hmm, would I have wanted a bigger screen or would I have want like girthy? I hate that word, girthy. Ugh, sounds so ugly. Girthy. Uh, lo like longer or wider? You know, I think... 
people are consuming more videos, so I think they made the right choice. You know, they made the right choice because people are consuming more video. But to me, I think the iPhone SE would have stood out. The SE2 would have stood out more if they just kept it the same because all their phones now look kind of relatively the same. And I could tell that they definitely took a lot of inspiration from the iPhone 8. I'm surprised that they put the 813 chip in here. I thought they were going to put in the previous one just to cut down on costs even further. But it's just going to perform really well. And I think I didn't compare. I couldn't compare it between the iPhone XR just yet. But if I'm being honest, this is like a great deal. Like I think it'll compare compete really well as well. I think most people that are looking at this phone don't care about, you know, is it full screen? Like they don't care about the about the the notch too much because they brought back Touch ID. Touch ID works really really fast, um, and there's no problem with it. I think the reason that it's less expensive is because you don't have to put in the sensors from the notch from the iPhone XR. So it cut cut down on costs in that way, um, and it's the budget phone. It's not going to be the phone that you know the the tech geek wants because it's the latest specs. It has specs that are going to last you a pretty long time. I'm looking at this, and I'm looking at this, and it's going to be like a good three, four years, five, because the iOS operating system is always really good. Uh, in terms of how long you can have the phone. I mean, people still have the iPhone 6. Y'all are crazy, bro. But y'all still have the iPhone 6, and that's still lasting a while. The iPhone 6S, really pushing it. And, you know, the best bang for your buck is right here. Um, I think the 13 hours is also really great. They probably took a lot of, you know, a lot of, um, like, battery performance a lot of battery engineering from the the most current iphones and maybe that was also you know the the reason that they made it in an iphone size they probably learned so much from the previous iphones that they made that they're like heck we're gonna give you the best bang for your buck 13 hours of battery life and this is for um video they're like 13 hours battery life that's great and i think this is going to be I, I'm I'm gonna definitely be calling it the iPhone XR Junior because battery life is just insane on this. Wi-Fi six, um, that's just gonna be better. You know, you're just gonna get way better uh, Wi-Fi connectivity, and I think they made that right choice because um you know I think they're trying to cut corners in the best way possible. Uh, haptic touch, I, I don't know. I've never really been a fan of it. Like I remember when they introduced it. And it was a, you know, it was a way to introduce shortcuts into everything. But personally, to me, it was just like, why would I want a shortcut? I just go into the app, right? Uh, True Tone, I personally don't use it. And this is the thing that bugs me the most. Why would you not include an 18 watt fast charger? Like, like, I, like out of all, all the places. It does say that it will be able to charge very quickly. Um, it's supposed to go from zero to 50% in 30 minutes. So I'm assuming that it's gonna have even better charging capabilities. But come on guys, like ah, they're still gonna give us that really obnoxious cube. Um, but I, the big thing here is OnePlus 
announced their their phone yesterday, their $900 phone, and we have this 499 phone, 399 phone, excuse me. Um, and I'm wondering, like, which one, which one has the bigger fan base, right? Like the iPhone, clearly does, but the the OnePlus definitely caters more to its audience. And what is most important to people, I think, is the camera. Camera is clearly the best. You know, iPhone does that really well. And what both of them have is they're both clearly going to run the top five apps that everybody uses incredibly, like, without a, without a problem. Like, it doesn't matter. And, you know, I'd, I haven't seen too many samples from the OnePlus, if I'm being honest. Um, but I think iPhone is going to do it. I got to look more into the OnePlus, but the... But the ability to communicate with your... I think this is going to be for the parents, the grandparents and, like, you know, teenagers. Like, you don't want to spend $1,000 on a phone, so they really nailed it on that one, too. Um, But... And I could also be wrong, right? Like, clearly, um, people that are more wanting to stick with Android maybe have a, a different preference in their operating system. And they're just, like... They're apples to oranges, you know, apples to oranges. I'm really interested to see how it'll play out. Um, Both dedicated bases. One of them has a little bit more power than another. One of them clearly has more advertising power than another. But, you know, it really, you you would have never thought that this would happen, right? A $400 iPhone with great specs, going to last you a while, has the best chip right now, uh, Touch ID, and, you know, it's there. It's it's going to be able to be ordered uh, starting the 15th at 5 a.m., which is today. I guess you can put an order. Put it for order today. Wait, I think that's wrong. Uh, let's see. So, yeah. Uh, it looks incredible. Um, but I don't, I don't know why they keep on trying to push the haptic thing. They, they're also, like, claiming a lot of, you know, VR on... Oh, 417. 417. So, let me know if you bought it. And, um, yeah, I'm really interested. It comes in three colors. Uh, white, black, and red. Yeah. And portrait mode. Does anybody actually use that? I don't use it. I, I don't care about it. <laughs> um, but, yeah. It's going to be really cool. comes in black, white, and red. And that's it. We're going to leave it on that one. Next story. Uh, We all know Airbnb. We're all millennials. We're all kind of millennials, hopefully, if you're listening to this. Um, Apparently, you know, with everything that's going on, uh, travel has been reduced by a great amount. Airbnb, probably one of the companies that has been hit the hardest out of all of them. Um, And... Originally, they were evaluated at like $34 billion, uh, uh, 26, $26 billion, according to TechCrunch. That's insane. Um, but I think now that the the valuation has gone down drastically, I don't know by how much. It didn't say on there. Uh, two firms, yeah. It, but, you know, with everything that's going on, um, companies having to report their quarters 
Airbnb is probably not doing so well, especially when they <clears throat> offered a lot of refunds in the past. Again, um, yeah, this is not a research report or anything. This is just my um, my own personal opinion, and I'm just reporting on this and all that stuff, you know. Um, and you know, they got one billion dollars from investors apparently, um, and uh, according to UK Reuters, are readers? I can't even. I can't read today. R e u t e r s dot com. Um, it was two uh, two really big investors, or there were a bunch of companies that decided to you know give the money with a very high interest rates, uh, like twelve percent, I believe. And it's really crazy. One billion dollars. Previously, they had already also um uh what do you call it rate made another round of funding for one billion dollars too so they have two billion dollars in what do you call it and just trying to get money trying to get everything as much as possible and this from the article it's quote to ensure everybody can continue to invest in its company and community of hosts and guests in over 220 and regions around the world, end quote. So, uh, I also find it interesting, you know, Airbnb clearly dominates. It's probably like where most people find themselves when they're going to be traveling and they want to feel like a like a local and eat that vegan toast on that uh, wheat bread with that avocado and that uh, vegan cheese with that vegan coffee and that non-GMO dairy. Um but on top of that, I think what I found interesting was that I didn't know that the UK banned uh, holiday rentals during the entire pandemic. Um, so now that I've given you the info, um, uh, let's dive into my opinions, right? Clearly a lot of money. Clearly Airbnb needs to stay afloat. And I'm just curious, is this company too big to fail? Like, they clearly have a lot of you know, investors, they were doing really great before everything happened. And <clears throat> um, now they're, you know, struggling. They got a lot of backlash from the tenants because they gave out refunds. And now they need this money. They took it out, but ah, man, that interest rate is pretty high. And the UK also banned the the holiday, right? Like holiday um, holiday rentals. The question is, like, how long is the UK? I feel like it's a huge market, right? Like the UK is probably one of the biggest markets. You ask any American where they want to go, it's always, I want to go to the UK. I want to go to Europe. Um, so how long will this last? I think that, that the fact that they made tenants mad about this um is not good because who who rents this out right like clearly the tenants want to be like feel like they're important to the company and i guess they got you know tricked out of a lot of money or they didn't get the proper money or they didn't feel like they were valued or something but that's also interesting uh, I, I think my question is and my thought is like you know, how long is it before people feel safe to go into some other random person's house, 
through Airbnb. And then, um, and then just be like, I, I feel fine here. Like, especially when you're in one of the, I'm not just talking about the UK here now. Now I'm talking about like, you know, Spain, the, some of the countries that were hit the hardest, like one of people like Americans who from other countries going to be like, okay, I feel fine being here, knowing that it's clean. Like, is there going to be new guidelines for the Airbnbs? Our government's going to come in here and be like, you know, this is a standard of cleanliness, um, especially for like the the hotel industry. Like what new technologies are going to be formed in order for um, tenants and these huge, you know, hotel companies to say like, this is very, very, very clean. Like I remember seeing this uh, YouTube video a few days ago. Um, on Cold Fusion, one of the best YouTube channels out there, on this incredible new technology that like kills 99% of the germs. Like where where does it go from here, right? Like where do people feel safe? Where do like it feels like we're we're gonna create new industries from people wanting stuff to be clean, right? And governments trying to get involved to make sure that people feel like it's clean. And, you know, there's, there's, and we don't have to, you know, social distance as much to a larger extent. So it's a very interesting dynamic. And, um, you know, I think Airbnb is in that front position where they're, they're probably going to have to innovate in some way to be able to keep up and be like, you know, we we're really good on the cleaning. Uh, we're going to make sure that we introduce this new robot that cleans it and, you know, all these tenants will have it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think Airbnb has this really great opportunity to build out like new cleaning uh, robots, invest into new cleaning technology and get ahead of it. And, uh, you know, I'm really rooting for Airbnb to, you know, to win this because, well, not to win this, but like to innovate, you know, to bring something new, um, and to see not only how the the newer technologies innovate, but like the more traditional ones and how they can like bounce around from one another um, from hotels. And I think it just like, like, what is going on? Like, that's a lot of money. And I, I just hope that they put it in the right place. Uh, next, a little bit lighter on, this, on the news, you know, um, photographer documents isolation, isolation from his bedroom. This one's on Petapixel. So uh, Christopher Fernandez posted a sign on his bedroom window inviting neighbors to let him document their self-isolation and candid portraits from afar. And what he said was, quote, professional photographers looking to document your isolation from from over here. DM me if interested. And then the resulting images um, aren't so much documentary style, but they are portraitures, uh, according to the article. And uh, they... They're really, they they were shot with a 5D Mark IV and a 135 mil. They're really beautiful pictures. Like if you look at them, it's so strange. It feels like you do these things all the time. You know, you just sit in front of your window, look through, especially right now. Um, and it, they just caught my attention so much. Like it reminded me of the movie Rear Window by Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock and they're like the style of it the simple editing 
Like this is really a really interesting capture of people's lives, and it just seems like a very creative, like um, like a very creative way to spend time. And I wouldn't say they're documentary either, because you know people knew that they were, you know, being photographed. And it, oh man, like the simplicity of them, and like how we are within our own like little space, and we don't we don't realize it. Like it's so it's so interesting to me. And um, apparently he he did direct them a lot. Um, you know, just you know, put the light here, do this, do that. So I don't know. It's not really. It is. It's not really documentary, but it's also documentary. And it it's a really interesting perspective. And if you're looking for a, a movie to watch, uh, Rear Window is like one of the best interesting, one of the best and most interesting movies. Uh, you know, Alfred Hitchcock um, is considered one of the big individuals who, you know, pioneered filmmaking. And it's such an interesting take because it was one of the first to, you know, deal with perspective and deal with like um I, I think the biggest thing was perspective so that's a really great classic movie to watch and the techniques used there were like new for their time um but yeah the 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 pictures that uh mr fernandez takes here are just so mesmerizing i think the um, my favorite one is like the first picture that they show the two guys just like uh I don't know if they're... What are they doing? What are they doing? I guess they're just, like, talking through the window. Because um, you can just see the skyline behind them, too. And it looks so pretty. And the there's this couple just sitting there on their computer. It looks like it, it should be, like, on an Apple commercial or something. Because they have, like, a MacBook with the glowing Apple. Hashtag bring back the glowing Apple. Um, and they're just really cool. Um, yeah, but that's it for right now. Uh, make sure to check out my YouTube channel. Uh, check out the podcast. Uh, if you listen to this, I'm uh, just going to give a quick shout out to uh, my community right here. I think most of my viewers right now are in the UK based on these analytics. Um, yeah, so shout out to the UK. Um, shout out to my uh, my listeners from Sweden. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, you guys can always tweet at me. At Isaac Mihalgos with uh, Isaac was one uh, A. And you guys can send me an anchor message. Again, guys, uh, if I got stuff wrong, you can always tweet at me. And again, um, not a research report or anything. This is just you know, what are they saying? It's not a research report. It's a, uh, it's not investment advice either. This is just uh, me, you know, finding stuff that I find interesting and reporting it to you. I will link down all the sources in the, in the, what do you call it? The show notes. And yeah, I got to get better with these endings because I just go on tangents at the end. But at the end of the day, I thank you so much for your time and your attention. My name is Isaac Mihangos. We'll catch you in the next one.